Support for this episode comes from Beerwolf. Beerwolf understands that never before have so many incredible flavors, styles, and brands been waiting to be discovered. That's why Beerwolf has built an online store to make it easier for you to find delicious beer in a way that's affordable, convenient, and fun. Beerwolf.com gives you access to hundreds of beers from local and international brewers at the touch of a button, delivered direct to your doorstep in just 24 hours. To find out more about Beerwolf, head on over to Beerwolf.com. That's wolf with a U, beerwolf.com and discover your new favourite beer. Whether that's a New England IPA or a Belgian blonde, there's a world of beer to unlock. Cheers to that. Yeah. Should I go to the bathroom first? <laughs> 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 so, that's a great way to start your podcast. <laughs> there we go, there we go. Hi everybody, I'm your host Vela Mitrovich from Reby Media, and you're listening to a special on-the-road edition of the Brewer's Journal podcast. Today, we're broadcasting from, you'll need to have to guess, this country is smaller than Wales. It's a place where you could freeze your yayas off skiing in the morning, drive past sand dunes at noon, and be swimming among coral reefs by late afternoon. Located a spit away from where beer was first created, the country, oddly enough, prefers wine. Indeed, about 2,000 years ago, and about 40 miles up the road from where I am right now, some Jewish carpenter slash rabbi gained fame for turning water into wine at a wedding party. Which makes you think, if he really was the son of you-know-who, with unlimited power, why didn't he turn it into a fine West Coast-style IPA? Yes, I'm in Israel visiting Jerusalem's famous Shapiro Brewery. <laughs> For those yeah. of you who've never been to Israel or think you have an idea what this country is like, it's one of the most non-homogeneous countries on the planet with the diversity and culture and demographics that is staggering. The only one thing that all 8.5 million people can agree on is that their opinion is correct and everybody else's is wrong. In 1952, Israel's only large-scale brewery Tempo opened, producing Pilsner and Lager of such quality, yeah, it makes you understand why they drink wine here. Then, in 2005, a transplanted New Yorker opened the country's first craft brewery, the Dancing Campbell, and with that, people started to realize the potential of beer. And now, let me turn you over to Donnie and Itzik Shaparo to tell us more about Israel's craft beer industry and how Shaparo fits into that. Take it away, guys. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? <laughs> what are we supposed to say now? What are, <laughs> Israel. What are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? What's going on here? <laughs> Turned out the lights. What are we doing? So, what's, crap, what's Israel's craft beer industry like? I think it's like everything else we have in this country. It's taking a lot of everything from all over the world and giving it our own interpretation, I, I assume. That sound right? Yeah, it sounds right. It's like a melting pot. So we get a lot of influences from all over the place, and we sort of give it our own interpretation. It's a young industry, as is like compared to the states, of course. But I think also we're always like um, being like isolated in the Middle East, like away from everyone that maybe likes us. <laughs> so we're always we get things late here. So like we start late, but we're very fast. We're like we're like startup nation, so we like we, we catch on to something, and then we like then it takes off like a like a fire in a 
there's an expression in Hebrew, but I'm trying to translate it and it doesn't work for me. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like a but fire in a hay in a hay field hay or field. something like that. Yeah. Um, but things take off really fast. So um, I think it's a young industry, but it really, really moved a lo- made a long way in the past like 10, 15 years since maybe Dancing Camel opened. And uh, it's it's really uh, it's a lot of interesting things going on here. How, how many craft brewers are there in Israel? I always say there are about seven. It's divided. I say seven or eight breweries that are on our scale and higher. I think we're like in the high scale. We're like on the bit, uh, we're a bit smaller in the high scale because we still do everything alone. We do the marketing, the distribution, and the sales alone. Um, and then I would say there are another maybe 10 or 15 smaller breweries or contract uh, breweries or a little bit smaller brands. Um, it's a small country. Um, we don't drink a lot of beer in this country, even though it was invented here. And uh, you had a nice story about uh, <laughs> the wines and uh, we changed it. But, um, but we do drink a bit. It's uh, I think per capita we're one of the lowest. We're around 15 liters per capita uh, in this country. I think I'm wandering around. Where where where, where was you're the question? You're wandering. You're a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> we're in the desert. It's yeah. okay to wander. Yeah. <laughs> you guys been practicing what? For the wandering years. Jews. Yeah. Forty years wandering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it a challenge getting people to drink beer instead of wine? I, uh, people like to drink here. People go out. People don't have the the culture of, of drinking like with a meal or in the afternoon or that. Beer here is more a culture of you go out at night, you finish work, you go home, you take a shower, you put on your clothes and you go out to a bar and you stay there until late. Uh, whereas in Europe or in the States, it's okay to have yeah. a beer. Way back from work, stop, have a few Or a few with pints. your lunch break, have a yeah. beer or in Germany even for breakfast to have a beer. Um, so you don't see that here. Um, and also the prices here are really high. Beer is very expensive. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Is it a challenge getting people to pay the price? Um, well, in general, beer is expensive. Us being a craft beer, it's a little bit more expensive. So that's still challenging. Um, but I guess people are just suckers and they're used to it. <laughs> uh, the thing is, the tax is very high here in, on beer. So that's like one of the main reasons for prices to be very high. Also, everything's imported, so there's no like, like we don't grow things locally here. So that's another thing that makes the beer expensive. And, um, and also the demand is very low, so yeah. the expenses are high. So I'm holding a bottle of your wheat beer. How much does this go for? At the shop, it's between 12 shekel to 15 shekel, which if we convert to dollars, will be About between... Three and a three and a half to four dollars. What is that? What's it like three yeah. and a half shekel? I'm looking over at somebody else to do a, a shekel to, to pound conversion. <laughs> it's three point six. Ah, three. Ah, that's okay. three pound. Actually, that's that's fairly cheap compared to. That's that. at a shop. If you go to a bar, yeah. you'll yeah. spend uh, on a half a liter. You'll spend close to thirty-two to thirty-six shekel, which is almost ten dollars. Eight to nine pounds. I just been. That's so. So how did you guys start? I heard it. It was with a book. It's with a book. We had. Uh, I don't know. This takes us back. What like fifteen years? We say we always say fifteen years. Like for the past five years, we've been saying fifteen years. So I don't know if that's really precise. But a brother of ours. We were six siblings. 
I had an older brother that was going, he studied in the University of Wisconsin, and he, uh, he sort of like noticed that there's this whole beer revolution going on there. And here there's nothing, as you said, there's Tempo and there's like Gold Star, Maccabi, those are the brands that were known here, commercial big like mass production beers. And he, um, he saw that there's like all these small breweries popping up and people are making beer at home. And like there's this whole beer craze going on. So this one time he brought us a book on how to make beer. He said, next time I come, I don't want no crap beer. You make me a good beer. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it happened the next time he came, but then the time after that, we picked up the book and we started making beer. We, started, we couldn't get any of the ingredients here. So we uh, asked people to bring them in from whatever they came from that was in Israel. And so they brought in ingredients and we started making these like 20 liter batches, like really basic uh, home brewing. And then we started uh, experimenting with different kinds of uh, beer styles. And slowly we noticed that other people are also brewing at home. We were sure that like we're the only home brewers in, in the country. Then we heard about another home brewer, another home brewer, and then this other guy started bringing in ingredients, and then there was like a small home brewing festival, um, and these beer festivals. And then we heard about you know small breweries, like uh, popping up, and uh, at a certain point we said let's turn our passion into you know uh, a profession. So that's when our it became trendy, <laughs> became trendy to. Uh, like the, 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 oh crap, I messed this up. Where, it's when, <laughs> it's when our passion met a trend. Oh, oh shit. Danny <laughs> said earlier this brilliant comic when we were just, just having a little talk. He said, it's when our, the, the trends met our passion. Exactly. So, so there we go. Brilliant it's comic. It's when our trend, yeah, it's when the trend met our passion. <laughs> you, you keep talking about ingredients. Is that a big problem in Israel, getting ingredients? It's all imported. Like they don't grow. There's no malt or hops that are grown here. So it's all imported. Is it a problem? No, you, today you import. It just makes everything more expensive and more like there's a lot more logistics involved. But did you think, to get. Yeah. Did, did you think brewers are a little bit afraid to experiment sometimes? If, if you know this turns out bad, I'm going to have to dump the whole batch because God, it's cost me a fortune to, to import all these products. I think it's more just the time. You feel bad, you know? You work mm. on a beer for a couple of weeks, a month or two, depending on the beer, and then you have to just pour it out. It sucks. <laughs> Even if it's not the best in the world. So I don't think we ever poured out the batch. We had at, at the beginning, the beginning, one of our, our, maybe our first, our third batch or something, something went wrong and we poured it out. But here? But, yeah. Mm. But since then, any experience we did, we also work it on a... On a small uh, system, yeah. system of uh, just like uh, 50 liters, so we give it a little bit of a try to see what we're gonna get, and then we do a single batch. We start with a single batch, which is 10 barrels, and that's what we have Yochai for. Yochai is our brewmaster. He went, he studied, he got his degree at VLB, and we're actually one of the only. We are the only brewery that has a brewmaster from day one until until today and the same one uh, in the country because uh, when we were homebrewing we knew okay we make good beer we won even homebrew competitions and it's cool but it's different to go into microbrewing from homebrewing it's a whole different thing uh, so we knew we we're going to bring someone in from abroad because there was, no one had the knowledge here 
they'll help us out at the beginning with the um, for a year the plan was Donnie will be at the brewery I'll be more outside to the sales and the and um, and lucky us Yochai our brewmaster Yochai Kodler was he just he was just selling his brewery that he started which is Negev and he got out of that and he was he freed up and we grabbed him and he's 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 one of the family Does even though his name is a Kodler but it's Kudler <laughs> Kodler Kudler he's uh he's a Shapiro in heart <laughs> the love is there yeah the love is there yeah the love is there so your kid out there I mean, most beer, most breweries you talk to, it's like it's three or four evolutions. They start small, and then they, they expand, they expand. Each time they expand, they always think, oh, God, we should have actually doubled what we had. What you have out right now, which, uh, which level are you at with expansion? Is this your third, fourth, first, probably second? Our third, probably. It's like, yeah, we did that same mistake, probably. Like, the first time when we started off, we started off with these four little 10-barrel um, fermenters. And then we say, you know, when we well, when we fill those fermenters up, we're, we'll be rich. We're, we don't need to work <laughs> good. anymore. We're good. That's, That's it. it. We're I don't done. want them anymore. Yeah. We don't want to work hard. And then that happened pretty fast. So I said, okay, and let's bring another okay, four we'll bring 20 two, barrels. Bring two fermenters, you know, then we're good, you know, but double ones this time. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought those and those filled up pretty fast. So now we're pretty much, um, yeah, we're, then we bought another four triple ones. We're pretty much maxed out with the the room we have here in this brewery and we're looking forward to expand actually to the next door guy that's leaving hopefully hopefully soon hopefully. yeah <laughs> so with your styles that you make here would you consider yourself more a traditional brewer or a, a modern brewer i think we're we're a mixture because we're american so we bring that american like uh you know experimental crazy kind of um, extreme um, aspects of the beer world, and our brewmaster Yochai, he comes from the Ju from the German school. So he's like the the way like we make like we make American beers, I'd say, in a German uh, fashion. That's that's how I'd put it. So some of our beers are very like we have a wheat beer that's a very like traditional wheat beer, and we have a you know IPA, and we have a. Uh, uh, we made a special edition of a uh, chocolate porter, barrel aged, and we have um, a lager, a German like Helles, and we have uh, um, an IPA. So you know, it's like uh, I like to believe that all of our beers, that even even if we do an IPA or we do a pale ale or even if we do a more extreme beer, which is a seasonal one like our winter ale, it's and here comes the German side is to make it drinkability to like not go crazy people could drink and enjoy and very much balanced beers um, on one hand on the other hand also give someone like something like why drink our pale ale and not the gold star because it is we do give that extra it, it gives the, the, the taste that you don't find anywhere else and it's surprising but still it's beer and it's drinkable and it's not like it's not harsh um, that's I think what because if you look if you look at one side you have like you make really boring good German lager or industrial maybe not so good or you make the extreme 120 IBUs the sour as you could get the 15% uh, alcohol which are 
go more to the beer geeks and they would drink like one glass of that and they want to just try as many as they can and Save write it down and put it on tap <laughs> or in rate beer or so we we, we like to we like to to make mellow good interesting beer that doesn't go too extreme and once in a while like challenge the people like right now we just made a sour beer which is the first israeli sour beer well i've been drinking an embarrassing amount of your sour beer and everybody knows me knows that uh i'm probably about one second from being flat out on the floor um could you tell me about the sour beer because it is quite different from anything i've heard of before yes yeah, so the, our sour beer uh start off with our head brewer ori that he will be saw like this trend of making sour beers in the states and he came here and he wanted said let's make a sour beer let's make a sour beer it took us like a couple of years to finally make a sour like finally go with him um the challenge of the sour beer is like we're talking about like wild fermentation and it's it's risky like it can risk like um contamination in the brewery and we're looking for a way to do it that we can contain and do it in a in a good way so um so finally we decided to do a, a, a kettle sour and then boil it and then put it in a ferment you know regular fermentation um so they started off with going on a hike and picking flowers from the jerusalem hills make it a local beer that's part of uh you know, part of what we take pride of is being a jerusalem beer and like being connected to our surroundings so they went out for a hike and started picking flowers and um, plants, came back, they made a lot of experiments, and they ended up choosing the almond flower, which is very um, stereotypical like flower for the spring, the beginning of the spring here. Like you have almond trees all over the place. You have farms, but you also have like just like almond trees like all over the place, and they have this white blooming um, at the beginning of the spring, which is beautiful. And it's very characteristic, and it's part of the view here in that time of year. And also, it turned out to be the one that gave the best flavor, or the flavor that we liked the most. So we used the flowers, the bacteria and the wild yeast that are on the flowers. We chucked that into the, to the brew kettle. Um, after a few days, uh, the beer totally fermented. There's no sugar left in the wort. So, um, so what they did, they boiled it, they added sugar, they added sugar, dextrose sugar, and they boiled it, and then they chucked it into the fermenter, added yeast, and so it sort of went through a double fermentation, which gave it a high percentage of alcohol. Um, and so this was basically, I'd say this beer is sort of like, it was an experiment, and we, like, there were, I don't know if you could say, but there were, like, maybe so-called, like, mistakes or unplanned things that happen along the way i think like the result is beyond our expectations like that i think like i don't know maybe some of the greatest inventions come through like just not really Stakes. knowing what you're doing <laughs> and letting nature take its own course i think that's what happened here we let nature take its own course and i think like the professionalism of yochai and ori that they knew how to like go through each stage and sort of give the right kind of a solution um, that combined with just letting you know the flowers do their work uh, came out with a really really nice result and I think that's really really it's a good sour beer and it's a, like the first as you said it's the first Israeli commercial sour beer and I think it's a good one and it's a good way to start <laughs> it is 
extremely nice. And it's objective. <clears throat> An objective, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how many flowers did you did you guys pick? I mean, uh, there were not so many because they started with a starter. So I think it was like maybe like a handful of flowers. And there's enough bacteria on that to make anything sour, like anything that has sugar in it, like sour enough, it, they, they grow, you know? You just need a few in the beginning and then they, they, they take care of each other and they multiply and become fruitful. Fruitful and multiply. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, time we, the whole time we've been broadcast or taping this, you know, you guys, whoever's listening, you might, you might be picking up some sound from the, the background, all this hardcore scrubbing. You have things that happen at this brewery that I guarantee no brewery elsewhere in the world has to put up with, except here in Israel. So can you tell us what's going on out there right now and why? So, yeah. so in breweries, I think actually all breweries go through this. A lot of the work is cleaning. <laughs> it's cleaning all the time. It's uh, for every one liter of beer we produce, I think you use about five liters of water. and. Uh, and it all goes through the cleaning, specifically to this time of the year. Um, we have the Passover coming. We have the Passover coming, and this is a holiday I never liked until we opened up the brewery because uh, it gives me a week off a year, <laughs> which I just closed the brewery and I'm not allowed in. We actually sell the brewery. Um, to uh, explain what Passover is. Okay. So Passover is the, holiday, is the Jewish holiday of... of of the Jewish people leaving Egypt and getting stuck in the desert, <laughs> the desert for 40 years. Um, I guess they were just going in loops because it's not such a long walk. It doesn't right. take 40 years to do that walk. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not that big <laughs> of a lot of crazy things happen in the middle, you know? Yeah, they, they opened up the sea, they hit yeah. the rocks and got water. It's not... had a lot of fermented <laughs> beverages. That's why. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if beer even could explain a lot of what happened there. I think you need bigger stuff than that. But... Um, so, and on the way out, we were in a rush. We were in a rush and we had to like leave Egypt fast before they just changed, Pharaoh changes his mind and says, no, you have to stay and not letting you go. So they didn't have time to bake their bread. And then we have this thing that's called matzah, which is basically it's uh, like a dry cracker. It's a, yeah, it's a dry <laughs> cracker. <laughs> and during this week, we're not allowed to have chametz, which chametz is anything that has to do with wheat. It's like yeah. bread, beer is chametz. Um, Fermented, uh, you know. We're not allowed to have bread, I think that's like a, um, and And to be kosher, beer in a general is a kosher beverage. Uh, if you're, I think even in the States, you have a lot of religious people that would drink beer even if it doesn't have the kashrut, the kosher stamp, because it's, uh, it's just a kosher, like, it's kosher, it's natural. Bean is kosher. Um, but in Israel, you, every, if you want to work with restaurants that have the certificate of kosher, you also have to get your own certificate from the religious municipality or whatever that's around. And, uh, and part of that is also just closing down on Pesach, so, which starts on Sunday. To, in, uh, no, on, on Friday, oh, Friday, in two days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of work before because we have to produce all the beers, a lot of clients that uh, are open, a lot of bars that are open doing Pesach and they do sell beer, so they have to do orders for two or three weeks. And, uh, and also coming out of Pesach is when the season basically starts. It's like the summer starts, people start drinking more. 
and uh, so it's a busy time so you also have to do beer for before you also have to make sure you have a lot of inventory for a day after Pesach and also you have to do a lot of cleaning cleaning and you have that one week which shuts down which is kind of nice actually I like it it's hectic on the edges but you really have this gives you peace week of mind that that you don't you, like if I go to abroad I don't need to do a, a phone package I don't mind if I can't be reached <laughs> you were telling me with the uh, with the almonds when you when you had the flowers you had to get what a, a rabbi inspector in for that what, what was that all about yeah we need yeah everything is um, supervised by the rabbis to give the kosher stamp so um, essentially there's nothing wrong with flour like the flowers are kosher if you want to eat them I mean like I don't know if you necessarily <laughs> want to eat them but uh, there's no uh, nothing forbidden about eating flowers but flowers could contain some insects oh, you can vote. and oh, you, can <laughs> you don't want to eat an insect <laughs> you don't want to eat an insect right so um so flower so actually the rabbi came here and he supervised the the chucking of the flower into the wort uh so he made sure he shaked the flowers and he made sure that they're clean of any kind of insect and uh, then he you know chucked them in there and I don't know if there was a blessing involved, but why not? You know, it's always good to bless hey, here. It, it, it turned out right for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe he did. Maybe he, you know, that was his special touch. So right now, what, I mean, what do you think the future holds for, for your company? Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, you started <laughs> off thinking, hey, this is good enough. What, what, what yeah. more do we need to do? We got everything. And now... So the way I see things is um, yeah, you have... You have uh, I think we're just, we're, I think we, in general, we're just, we're regular, normal, easygoing, fun people. And we're not extremists. So if you look at extreme and you say, you see craft breweries, so they, ah, we're against the industrial stuff, it's disgusting, it's like, why do that? And if you go to, or you have, like on the other hand, you have, I don't want to be big. I don't want to make a lager. Um, the way I see it, I, I, I see that you have to take the good from everywhere. So, like, my, my dream would be <laughs> that industrial, like, if I go and connect now with Gold Star, they have better labs than I have. They have better uh, tech uh, service than I give. And they also have bigger, better um, distribution than I could ever do. And what do I have that's better than them? Beer. <laughs> so if they could understand that I have something that they don't have, I understand that they have something that I don't have and that could really help me out. So my, my wettest dreams is that they understand that and we combine. So they let me make my beer. I do, and I don't mind if it's all over the place. This is what I want. I want to sell as much beer as I can. I want, I want to sell as much beer as Gold Star sells. But I want it to be my beer. I don't want it to be a industrial lager. Um, so that's 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 my my uh, Tiffany, my chazon. Uh, Danny, would you agree? Or? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to fight them. I want to take the good out of them, and then 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 use them, use them to 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 to, to push the craft beer and to teach people and to show people that 
that there's something else, you know, you give, uh, we just had the other day a group here and they were drinking our beers and I tell you, it's the same four ingredients that you have in whatever you drink, he drinks, he drinks Gold Star, Maccabi, I think. It's the same four ingredients. Um, Probably said Gold Star more than Shapiro on this uh, talk here. That's mm. bad advertising for us. Good for Shapiro, 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 <laughs> Shapiro, 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 Shapiro. I mean, I got to admit, when I asked a question, I was thinking of, oh, I don't know, maybe hoping to open up a tap room next year or something. So, ah, so, so. we have everything in the plan. We <laughs> yeah. want to open up a group pub. We want to open up a little tap room down there. We actually had a pop-up uh, the last summer where you could see we have here the, the bar and the taps. Uh, that we're just really waiting to get more space so we could just uh, hook it up and have your little tap room and people do come around and just pick up beers to go sometimes uh, through the brewery um, we have a lot of crazy ideas you know it's uh, maybe contract brew in Europe <laughs> and uh, and spread the spread. Uh, one of the things I want to do the most which I hope we could really do one day is that uh, do a uh, uh, joint beer Collabor a collaboration with the Taiva beer uh. oddly enough because that's what we were talking about and I'm actually hoping to be there tomorrow with who? with Taiva? yeah so yeah. you push it talk to Nadim yeah. tell him we gotta do uh, this do, thing this is a beer in, in Palestine or West Bank depending on, on, Palestine. on Palestine Palestine, Palestine. Yeah, yeah he says the he first says, Palestinian beer and he is he is the first in this area he's I think um, even before Dancing Camel no much before yeah he's the first he's, and um, and he's a great guy and and this is like our dream for, for a while for a while we wanted to say let's make a this will bring the peace you know people sitting around and drinking and yeah. and that you know you go to a bar you sit next to wherever you sit and you start talking on a beer. You don't care if he's Jewish, if he's Muslim, if he's Christian, if he's religious. If you just you just start talking, and then um, so that that that's that's a dream for me to do. There are issues about doing that. Uh, it's not as easy. It's, uh, it sounds easy, and uh, I would wish it could be easy, but uh, but things are a little bit more deep, and there's like. But uh, one day it will happen. It will happen. I'm sure it will. <laughs> Great. Guys, I'd like to thank you very much. And for you listening, I'd like to thank my host, Andy and Itzik Shafaro at Shafaro Brewery. For the rest of the Brewer's Journal podcast, go to rebemedia.com. To find out about the Brewer's Lectures, please visit the Brewer's Journal's websites. And you, my brewing compadres, thanks for listening. This has been Velo Mitrovich.